It's the Pulse of New Hampshire. I am J-Dog, and joining me is a true Renaissance man. He is a doting grandfather. He is an author. He is a loving husband, a fantastic father, an excellent skier. He's also a swell dresser and Eddie Popowski's number one fan, a baseball awards presenter, and also the longest-running talk show host on the Pulse of New Hampshire with curly hair. He is the president and CEO of Northeast Delta Dental and the host of Northeast Delta Dental Radio. He's Mr. Tom Raffio. Tom, how are you? Thank you, Jay. I'm taking you everywhere I go. Now that the oh. world's opened up, I had an event last a couple Saturdays ago with veterans and... Um, the introduction was nowhere near as near and dear as that one. But nevertheless, thank you. Appreciate you. And one of the things you may not know is that even though I'm a jock, I actually love the arts. I'm chair of the New Hampshire Business Committee for the Arts. I've been on the Palace Theater Board. I've been on the Capital Center of the Arts Board. Um, I go to events at Red River Theater. So I really love it when we're able to uh, highlight uh, the arts and culture, you know, on this weekend radio show. So that's my sort of segue to introducing Angie Lane, who's the executive director of Red River Theaters. That's redrivertheatersres.org. And Angie, one of, the, one of the feedbacks I get from the show is I always want to know a little bit more about the, the guests that I'm having. So I know you went to uh, UNH and got your bachelor's in communication, but how did all this culminate uh, where you are now uh, leading Red River Theater? Oh, that's a great question because I've been asked it before and I didn't exactly have a straight path at all. And I don't think I was one of those people that came out of college knowing exactly what I wanted to do. Um, I graduated in 01. So uh, that was in May and then September 11th happens. And I always thought that I would leave the state and go to like the city, which was just like an amorphous thing. Like I was going to go to the city and get a job in the city. And, um, but you know, I stayed here for many reasons and I certainly don't regret it. And I kind of took a path of just kind of getting my foot in the door and then just frankly volunteering and getting engaged in my community and, um, and then kind of let my job path kind of lead me from there. And so I wish I could tell people like that I had this direct path and I knew exactly what I was going to do. Um, I didn't, but I followed the things that excited me and the people that, um, you know, the people that I wanted to work with. Uh, and I volunteered a lot to learn and just got excited about uh, different things in the community that might not necessarily have anything to do with what I wanted to do for work. But through that, I just got to meet a lot of different people and, and, people that I count as friends and get to work with even today. And, and I think that's really what I would tell people is like, follow your heart and follow the things that excite you and the people that you admire. And, um, and just the rest for me, just kind of like unfolded. And that's great advice because most of us have to work for a long period of time in our life and <laughs> not work if you have a passion for it. So follow your passion. And of course, the other, the other part of what you were saying is getting engaged in the community. So mm -hmm. you've, you've done that tremendously in and out of the arts. And of course, you were named in 2016, which is now seven <laughs> years ago, but seems like yesterday, you were named the Concord Young Professional of the Year. And then in 2018, yeah. a very prestigious New Hampshire union leader, 40 <laughs> to 40, where not too many people 
um, have gotten that award. So congratulations on both of those. And that is testimony to, you know, how that, uh, how you get out in the community and also serve on a number of advisory boards, including um, the Curio Museum of Art and the Concord Coalition Against Homelessness yeah. and the Charitable Foundation. So tell us about Red R River. I know a passionate group of uh, community leaders uh, mm -hmm. sort of envisioned this as a dream. And it was probably against, you know, a lot of odds. But tell us how it, it, it went from uh, a dream to reality because I have a good friend of mine, Dr. Silvio Dupuy, you probably know him, and he yeah. often quotes a, I think it was the president of uh, Notre Dame University that said, you know, a dream without resources is delusionary. So eventually <laughs> the dream had to translate into fundraising and then mm -hmm. you know, material and, you know, for the, you know, for Red River. So tell us, tell us how it all came to, to into being. Yeah, sure. I mean, our namesake is Red River, which is a John Wayne movie. Um, and you know, the plot kind of centers around a group of people coming together to kind of overcome like an insurmountable challenge. And I think that is perfectly fitting for the story of Red River itself. Um, you know, many folks know Barry Steelman, who uh, was the owner of uh, Cinema 93, which was a one screen movie theater here in Concord. And, you know, he could really take credit for creating a movie culture of his own that was just very different than the big box theaters. And so when he closed that theater, the community, to its credit, really recognized that there was a hole left. It wasn't just a movie theater that had closed, but it was the space where people the community could connect and engage and really, you know, knew the owner and various, you know, someone that could chat you up about um, movies, know, you know, he probably had his, your children worked for him. Like, so it was like literally knowing that your local grocer or your local, um, you know, auto salesperson. So um, when he closed, like there was a huge hole and, you know, the community came together over, over nearly eight years. Um, of raising funds, trying to kind of figure out what was what was this theater going to be because there was no independent theater in New Hampshire and the closest thing to us at the time, you know, was really in Boston. And that wasn't as accessible to a lot of people to be able to just get in their car and drive down. And so, you know, they toiled away and, you know, it, it's so lovely to, for people to come in and, and love our space, love our programming. But to know that you know people didn't give up, it took a lot of time and a lot of challenges. Um, but just like the movie, like they didn't, you know, they didn't stop. They didn't, um, you know, a lot of people might have given up and thought that it was silly or why would we? Why is this important? Um, and now here we are, 15 years later, after we opened our doors in 2007, um, and where people you know, think, oh my God, thank God you're here. Like we, there's nothing like you. And people describe us as a space where community connects with one another. And I just don't think you could say that about the, the local Regal. Like, don't get me wrong. I enjoy movies of all kinds and I go to the big box theater too, but there's nothing like Red River Theaters. And that's due to the dream and the hard work, blood, sweat, and tears of the people that built it, the people that served on those the boards, um, everybody who's contributed. Um, I feel really 
special to be part of the story. I know I'm not going to be the last part of the story, and I hope that Red River continues on um, to when I'm an old lady, you know. So, um, you know, that's kind of where we were, you know, came from and where we are today. But, you know, I don't want to like minimize those like eight years of raising funds, getting people to believe in this idea that it's hard, you know, how do you describe something that no one's ever seen before? Um, so now it's just so lovely to be, you know, we're still like a baby organization in the scheme of things compared to like some of the organizations that surround us. But um, I think how wonderful it is that people describe us as like a community gem. Like that's awesome. Yep, definitely a community gem. And uh, along with most uh, businesses in the Concord area, we were sort of, you know, part of that, uh, what'd you say, eight year process. So you kind of started a little bit before the turn mm -hmm. of the century and you technically found it <laughs> opened up in 2007, correct? Yes, that is correct. Which seems like a million years ago now. <laughs> yeah, so really uh, amazing. So let's stay on this line of thinking. So um, like you said, uh, there's nothing wrong with going to a movie at a chain theater, but, but again, kind of emphasize what it means to be independent. I mean, there's some value in that, a lot of value in that. There's also mm -hmm. maybe more economic pressures. Um, mm -hmm. So tell us mm -hmm. the yin and the yang of, of being being independent. Yeah. So when people ask, like, how many Red Rivers are there? Well, right now there's only one with no plans of being another Red River. Um, you know, but as an independent movie theater, our, our programming is going to be a little different. Um, you know, we're mission driven. So while, of course, our first, uh, the first thing we do is show first run new releases, we also do a lot of our own programming. So that means, um, you know, a couple weekends ago in the beginning of January, we showed, um, you know, The Wizard of Oz on the big screen. And that might not be something that you could just go to the Regal and see. Um, but even more important something I'm really proud of is that we do a lot of film screenings with post film discussion. So we might have, um, you know, a screening on global warming and then have some experts talk after it, or it could be about childhood hunger. We have experts, community members doing the work. And, you know, we really provide those opportunities so that the community can get a chance to ask questions. Maybe they want to connect, you know, in 2000, um, 18, we did a comprehensive survey, and one of the best point data points that came out of it was that 20% of respondents said that they, after attending a movie event like that, like where maybe they had a panel discussion or a community member got up and spoke about the subject, that they got more involved in a cause or in a community effort after attending an event. And I think that's pretty powerful. Um, you know, I'm not saying that we're saving lives here, but we get to connect people to their neighbors, to the people doing the work. And I think that, that those small changes create tipping points. So while I definitely say we're not like solving, you know, world hunger, we're not solving homelessness, but we're giving an opportunity for the community to come together, have those conversations, ask questions, and maybe get involved. And that's I think that's pretty powerful. It's a great, yeah, it's a great balance. You can have a, a movie like a man called Otto, and then you can also have these educational um, movies and sessions that, in, you know, in, in, I don't know, create audience energy around causes. It's, it's terrific. So the website is redrivertheaters.org. -E I'm with Angie Lane, the executive director. 
So, Jay, I bet you, even though you're a Concord resident, you have learned some stuff today. I have. I did see Elvis's the Elvis movie last year at Red <laughs> River Theaters. I was surprised because, you know, that, that is a big mo mo box office, you know, smash. And Angie was talking mm -hmm. about that. Not always is that the case, but no, sometimes that is the case where they'll have that first run kind of blockbuster movie in theaters. I also remember uh, when Black Panther came out and that ended up being the outdoor movie for in town Concord with uh, market days back into that because the movie had come out in the yeah. spring, but it came out on DVD mm -hmm. that week mm -hmm. and Red River was able to play the movie on the big screen just as it was uh, coming out. So that, that were good times. I certainly remember that, Angie. <laughs> cool. Angie Lane. That was a fun night. Great sunset that night. <laughs> it was. Oh, absolutely. The weather was fantastic, cooperated and everything. Uh, Angie Lane, Executive Director of Red River Theaters, is the guest on Northeast Delta Dental Radio. We're going to take a short break and then come back with more of Northeast Delta Dental Radio here on the Pulse of New Hampshire. This is the Pulse of New Hampshire. I am J-Dog alongside Tom Raffio, the president and CEO of Northeast Delta Dental and the host of Northeast Delta Dental Radio. And this week's guest is Angie Lane. She is the executive director at Red River Theaters. That's redrivertheaters.org. That's T-R-E-S dot org. And having a great discussion, not just about movies, but about community as Red River Theaters debuted in 2007. Tom and Angie, take it away. Yeah, it's almost like I'm sitting in Red River Theater, theater having just a conversation with you, Angie. So it's great. So let me uh, pursue that a little bit. How does the <laughs> physical environment, I mean, I've seen many movies there, including some holiday movies. It was really kind of cool a few years ago. Um, and then I'd gone to other ones, you know, the educational ones that you described. So how does the physical plant differ from a typical... Um, commercial box, um, you know, movie theater, or is it similar? Yeah, I mean, it's similar, um, but I think, you know, for us physically, we, we're, so we're located on South Main Street, right down um, in downtown Concord, um, and, but we're actually below ground, so you can see our marquee from the street, and then you kind of come down, and so we never know what the weather is outside, so during the summer, it's awesome, because then I'm not missing anything by looking out the window, um, but we have three screens, we have two large auditoriums, stadium seating, so similar to what you probably experience in a big box theater, a little more intimate. So our largest theater seats um, 156, our second largest theater seats 109. And then we have this wonderful 22 seat screening room, which is wonderful. Like even though it's smaller in some ways, it gives you a more visceral experience in, in my opinion, because you're kind of sitting with 22 other people um, and the sound and, and quality is wonderful in there at the picture. So in some cases, people actually prefer that smaller space. But, um, you know, our concession stands probably a little different because we have local um, offerings. We do serve beer and wine for those that like to vibe during their movie. And, um, and, we, and we do freshly pop our popcorn, which I don't know why I want to say that, but it is, you know, that's the one probably difference from the big box theaters. Uh, I, it's delicious. So, um, you know, and I always say, you know, we're a nonprofit, so uh, never feel guilty about ordering extra concessions because that goes to support us. Um, so, yeah, I think that the biggest feeling is just the feeling of, you know, our staff members probably will recognize you, especially if you come a lot. And um, we feel, I, you know, I think there's just a different feeling. I think that's something the way people describe us when you walk through the doors. Um, 
and and you know you'll be greeted and people will ask you what you thought of the movie the biggest difference i think is you'll find people gathering after the movie maybe lingering in the lobby and talking to one another about it and talking to strangers about it so um i love that energy that like after a you know a packed movie gets out and people want to just talk and chat um so i think that's probably the biggest difference you might find from a big box theater now you've hit on two things the camaraderie as well as the financial support so I want to move forward and not backwards, but maybe spend a minute on, uh, obviously during COVID, the height of COVID, probably <laughs> the camaraderie was, you know, wasn't possible because of rules and stuff. And, you know, there's probably some forced closures of theater. So <laughs> how did you make it um, through that time? Obviously you've pivoted well and you're thriving <laughs> again, but uh, tell us, give us 60 seconds on what you right. did. And I know there was a collaboration with other uh, the other groups, you know, in in, uh, in, in Concord, including the Capital mm -hmm. of the Arts, but how did you get through those times? Sure. So we closed our doors um, on March 17th of 2020. We were closed for over a year. So one of the things we did is to pivot to a virtual cinema, which did not obviously provide the financial um, support that we would have gotten through regular ticket sales. Um, but, but frankly, we our members, we are a membership organization. Um, you don't have to be a member to come, but if you are a member, you get you know lower tickets, you get different um, benefits. But a lot of members, even though we were closed, still remain members. They believed in what we represented. They understood more than anything that we, we weren't just a movie theater and they wanted us to survive. And so through that effort of people um, continuing to provide us with donations, continuing to renew their memberships. And frankly, the support of, you know, federal grants, state grants, um, we were able to pull through. So we reopened our doors over a year later. Um, and it's been a slow return. We're still only open Thursday through Sunday, um, but we are slowly seeing ticket sales come back. But, you know, I, you know, I completely understand people might be hesitant to return um, to the movies. So we respect that. Um, Thursday nights, we still uh, have a, what we call a vaccine snacks night where we do ask for proof of vaccination. Sometimes Thursday night is our most popular night because people just feel comfortable, especially if they have any sort of health conditions that might prohibit them from coming out like that. But, you know, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we, we do not require that. Um, and we hope to continue to, to reopen um, but we have had tremendous support from our community. Um, and I think that that really uh, speaks on the history of who we are as an organization and um, for people to really step up and say, I value what you you provide to the community and I want you to be here after, um, after post-pandemic. And that was a lot of the messages we heard. Pretty amazing story. And yeah, March 16th and March 17th of 2020, that those are the days that are indelible in our brains, right? Because on yeah. the 16th, basically, it became impossible to see a dentist except for emergencies. And the next yes, day, yes, I remember that. The next day, all you know, all these theaters closed down. So, but here we are. Um, and uh, you mentioned, of course, you mentioned being a member. You mentioned mm -hmm. concessions. Uh, you mentioned buying tickets. How else uh, are you financially supported? You know, by by the mm -hmm. by the community beyond the you know, the one-time federal grants that helped you through dur during the pandemic? Yeah, I mean, the biggest is, of course, membership. 
Um, people also give donations. Um, and we have had local local support from like the New Hampshire um, State Council on the Arts and the Charitable Foundation. By no means are they um, large enough to keep us going. That's why truly it's, it's the people that keep us going. Um, and so while I say that the benefits are great to becoming a member, I think members that uh, survey I mentioned reported that they became a member more not for the benefits, but more for the belief in what the organization represented and the connection that it allowed. Um, and that people really missed us when we were closed. They understood what that it wasn't just about seeing a movie, but it was about running into your neighbor, learning something new, or frankly, movies sometimes just let you escape. And we're all for that. So whether you're coming to be entertained, whether you want to learn something new, um, I think that I hope that we're a space that people, um, that we can be more than one thing. Um, but at the end of the day, we show movies and and what are we without people? Because, you know, like the tree in the woods, like does anyone hear it if it falls? But if we play a movie and no one's in the audience, does that really count? So. Well, it's a social fabric you described. It's 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 pretty amazing. And again, so we have a pretty wide listening audience. So expect people to become members if you're not, donate, buy some tickets. And when you're there, buy a lot of concessions because ultimately exactly. it'll help a Red River thrive. Again, Red River, redrivertheaters.org. So you've mentioned a few times, you know, that uh, in, in a good way that Red River is a, a real positive force for social change and and camaraderie. How do you think um, in an overarching way as it's helped support um, diversity um, and inclusion in the community? Um, I love that question. I think, um, you know, I grew up here, I'm Korean. I grew up in New Hampshire and never really got to see a lot of myself in media um, or it was very limited and very narrow. Um, I love that we might be able to represent on our screens different stories, different ways of living, different um, different experiences that maybe a young person or a person, an old person, it doesn't matter. Like maybe you just have never been able to um, connect to different people just because maybe you haven't traveled, or, but that's okay. Like, I think that film is powerful. It can connect you. It can help you understand your place in the world and other people's stories in a way that other media might not be able to do. And um, so I, I love this idea that we are able to show a lot of diversity on screen and be an inclusive space that people feel welcome, that this is a space for everyone, everyone is welcome. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that that is pretty powerful film can, uh, for me, it definitely changed the way I felt about myself when I started seeing uh, movies that sh showed Asian people depicted in ways that I'd never seen. And for me, it was uh, Wayne's World and Tia Carrere. And I was like, she can be in a band? That means I could be in a band? I am not in a band, it never came true. But I, I just think that like sometimes people can't visualize a different way of being. And sometimes if you show it, it can create like, um, extraordinary outcomes. People can start believing that they might be able to, you know, be in different in the world. And I, I love that. So compelling thought. It's truly that, Jay, the art imitating life. 
there and in, 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 in a helpful way. And of course, um, the Red River Theater also helps the economic uh, arts driver, you know, in Concord. And we've we've had a huge focus with the New Hampshire Business Center, the arts and other organizations on arts as a economic driver. Well, I'm telling you, we're blessed to have Angie in our community, redrivertheaters.org. I'm, I'm itching to go to a movie there this coming weekend, I think. That's how energized I am, Jay. How about you? The power of movies. That's what it's all about. Redrivertheaters.org. <laughs> Angie Lane, the executive director here on this edition of Northeast Delta Dental Radio. And for Angie Lane and Tom Raffio, I am Jay Dog. We'll be back with another edition next week of Northeast Delta Dental Radio here on the Pulse of New Hampshire.